All right. All right, listen, uh, uh, our, our, our college service had uh, a guest speaker this semester, and uh, man, that's going really well. We've got, a, we've got some volunteers that are just crushing it. College kids are coming, they're getting saved, and uh, um, following God. It's, it's been really, really neat to watch, but um, I was there one, one evening, and um, Ashley Wheat had had uh, a, a guest speaker, and I heard this testimony, and I thought, oh my gosh, we've all got to hear this, like absolute must. And so um, I have made a call, and I have asked Derek Worlds. Derek is the president of Ranger College, so I thought on our last day here, how fitting to have him come and share his testimony. So please stand to your feet and give a Woodbridge welcome to Derek Worlds. Thank you, Pastor. No, I'm fine. I just got to make sure everyone can hear me. I'm not, I'm not used to having such fancy equipment, and so uh, thank you, Woodbridge. Can everybody hear me fine? Absolutely. Uh, actually, I already know the Holy Spirit's working uh, uh, as, we, as I walked in this place this morning. We, we were out praying, and uh, that was great. But I want you to know, Woodbridge, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jared, for having me here. Uh, I want to thank my wife and son that are also here uh, this morning. Uh, for those that wonder, why don't you attend... Uh, Woodbridge at all. We did come to one service, and I want to say to you, uh, just as we moved to Ranger, my wife and I got asked to teach a university ministry course, uh, Sunday school course, at, uh, in Stephenville, which where we were living. So, therefore, we've been teaching Sunday school up until uh, the, the semester ended in Stephenville. So, uh, we did get to come in and, and witness the Holy Spirit working in this place. So, uh, for those that are wondering why, that is why. As a matter of fact, our, uh, our Sunday school lesson this past uh, term was uh, hope, which it, we say in, as, as we were talking that hope and, and faith require something that very few of us like to do, and that's wait and waiting on God. Yeah. So, but I want you to know I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit working because one thing that happened, I know we were praying, is it Ashley this morning? But I, I, I know something else happened for me as I walked in and I'm sitting there talking to Brother Chad this morning. Uh, as I'm sitting there talking to Chad, a friend of mine called, and he said, let's pray. I, I, I emailed him, and I said, I'm getting ready to pr uh, speak to the church. And uh, he called me and said, let's pray. What a friend. But that friend I haven't spoken to in four months because he had cancer. He had cancer. He was going through chemo, and he was, he was weak. He didn't want to talk. He said, let's just, uh, let's just communicate via email. But he took time out this morning to call me to pray for me. He's got cancer and called me to pray for me. And so I'm saying right now, just as sure as, as Byron Jackson, Byron called me this morning. Byron called me and said, and pray for me. Hallelujah. Let's let Ashley know that one day, praise God, that Ashley's going to call him and, and say, uh, and he's going to call you. Amen. For those that haven't heard, uh, for, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of comical as well. So if anyone comes in late to the to service right now, they might think it's an extreme makeover, pastor makeover. <laughs> and I can just hear someone calling in right now saying, uh, honey, I know we've been praying for pastor, but pastor's now six foot eight. He's bald. And oh, my God, he's black, too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, 
I want to tell you as you as you come in this place, it may seem like it's not, uh, you know, it's just an uh, auditorium to you. It's just a college to you. But let me tell you, from this corner to that corner, near Dollar Tree, from the furthest part of the uh, Gulf to all the way down Cooper Street to past Mar Myerson, I have walked this place. I have prayed through this place. I continuously pray for this place. I have put scripture there. So you are in a place right now that has been prayed for already. So I just want to say that to you. So now that I, I know for the rest of you that are saying, I've been there, I, I, I must admit, we've all fallen short. I've said, oh my God, my pastor's not preaching. I could have been doing something else. I could have been fishing. So I'm going to try, I, I know that scenario, I've been there. So pastor, I'm going to try to make it brief, but I'm going to try to get the point across, okay? Uh, my name's Derek Worlds. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. You adopted me, whether you like it or not, a couple, about five years ago. I put, and I wore my boots because, hey, I'm in Texas, and I'm going to wear my boots. And I, I said the first time I knew I was going to be a true Texan, I was going to have a pair of boots, my boots, and a pair of Jordans. And I was going to send a picture back to Florida and say hallelujah. And I did it. I did it. <laughs> I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, uh, and it's just me and my mother. My mother will be 80 years old today, I mean, in, in a couple of months. But... Uh, She's, uh, she's been the light of my life, and she's been my inspiration. Uh, when, we, when I was about roughly six years old, uh, my father left me and my, my mother. Oddly enough, my uh, grandfather, who uh, my father's father is my hero. And uh, some would say, well, that's strange. Um, grandfathers, and you, you know, my, I used to have a piggy bank. A Snoopy bank that was about this big, and my grandfather would give me Kennedy 50 cent pieces and dollar pieces, and I would put in that Snoopy bank. And uh, I'm sorry to say that when my father left, I wasn't really overly concerned about my father leaving at the time because I didn't know any better. I was really more concerned about how did my piggy bank leave. And I didn't know how my bank left until many years, a few years ago, my mom said, your dad took your piggy bank to pay for his plane ticket to California. And I thought... Granddaddy gave me that, that piggy bank, and it was full of money, and uh, I just wanted my piggy bank back. I didn't think about the time that I wanted my dad back. I just wanted, you know, I'm just being honest. I wanted my piggy bank back. But nevertheless, uh, me and my mom have been together. It's just been me and my mom. I have no brothers or sisters. Uh, to this day, ladies and gentlemen, to this day, my mother has never driven. What? <laughs> She's never been to a PTA meeting. Very few times was I able to go to church because we didn't have a transportation at the time. I grew up in a housing project uh, with just me and her. And uh, many times we would be going through the, because we would catch the bus everywhere, a city bus. We'd be going through the cushions of the, uh, I can remember like the sofa. And I didn't know I was poor. Uh, and uh, we'd be going through the sofa trying to find change so that we could catch the city bus. And, uh, and she, she just did what she had to do to raise, to raise me. And so... I'm so proud uh, uh, of all the things that I've, I've accomplished for my mom, for my mom, because my mom has been an inspiration to my life. Thank you. <clears throat> well, you, you're probably thinking because we're at this, you know, college that this guy's going to talk about education. I'm not going to really talk about education. I will give you a quick educational uh, lesson. Last week, last Monday, it was, called, it was Juneteenth. And everybody, my friends back in Florida started calling me, well, why, are you, why are you working on Juneteenth? I'm like, because most people don't even know what Juneteenth is right now, but that's not why we're not working. I said Juneteenth is, do you know what Juneteenth is? They said something about the slaves. They said something about the slaves, not directly as to what it was related to. I said in 1865, Texas uh, 
was the last state to free your slave. They didn't have uh, Instagram, nor did they have Facebook, so it took a long time for the word to get here. Uh, but 1863 was the actual time in which slaves were freed. So that's your history lesson for today. I gave it to them. I said, but by the way, interesting fact, you didn't call me because we went off on Veterans Day. Hmm. Why didn't you call? But, but I want to say this to the family and this to the, everyone that's here. Currently, we'll work on Juneteenth, but right now we are on vet- we are because I believe in our veterans. Not that I don't believe in Juneteenth, but I believe in our veterans and all the service they provided for us. So if you're a, a service person here or you serve, thank you for your, your service. So we will be off f- Veterans Day. But getting back to that, you know, my mom did have one good thing she, she, she used to do. She had a strong belt. And uh, I, I, never, I, I never did enough to really get a substantial whooping, just a whooping here and there. Uh, and the saddest day, one of the saddest days of my life was when we moved out of the housing projects. We moved out of the housing projects into another environment that was totally different for me. And so with that being said, I kind of rebelled a little bit, but not completely because I know that my, my mom still had that pretty strong belt. Uh, again, and, and I was bused, listen to this, I was bused roughly about 20 miles away from my home. And so 40, 40 miles uh, round trip every day. I would get home from school, and I would wait for my mom to get off the bus because I, I, I do my homework, and I would just sit there and wait. And uh, I thought, man, I, I just love my mom. That's just how much uh, uh, she impacted my life. And so I went on to school, did an average job in high school, then went on to, um, to college. This when things, you know, changed a little bit. I realized that, you know, as you can see, I played, uh, I might, you might can see, I played basketball and baseball all my life. My first time in Texas, uh, I was in Huntsville, not Huntsville, uh, the prison that's in Texas. Um, yeah, Huntsville, yeah. I was in Huntsville, Texas. Now, I wasn't in there, but I was there, okay? <laughs> we were doing prison ministry with a, a group called Crossfire, which is an exhibition basketball team that travels around the world and we give our testimonies. Some testimonies are using college, some testimonies are prison, some testimonies are just, you know, whatever it may be. But that was my first trip to Texas, uh, was Huntsville, Texas. And uh, might I say it was a little bit different. I was fearful uh, for a little while when we went through the gate until, and they were giving us a hard time until someone said, we're gonna get you on that court, and then it reminded me, nothing that the Lord has created when it comes to this is, is weak. So buddy, you just, you just signed off on something you didn't realize you are gonna get in a few minutes. You're going to get a holy butt whooping on this court. That's just going to happen. Yes, we, we're going to get you because right now, this is where I'm strong and this is what God's created. And I'm going to use this vehicle to give you to, uh, for, as a testimony. So that was my first trip to Texas. I want to say to you, everyone in Texas, you know, every place outside of Texas is not like Texas. And you've given me that thought process that every place I go, whether it's North Carolina, I expect it to be like Texas. I expect people to get off on the side of the road when I may be driving just a little too fast and let me pass. And the first time that happened, I thought it was a gang situation. I re- didn't realize until I got to work, they told me, no, that's not a gang. They just, that, they're, they're that polite. And so, uh, <laughs> and so I expect that. And, uh, but uh, I went through, I got to college and college is really my, my I would say my first testimony, I was, a, I was an average student, very average student uh, in college. Matter of fact, average to below average, simply because I didn't apply myself. And uh, I had some trouble in, 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 in undergrad. I went to the University of North Carolina, Nashville, North Carolina, and to the point where they said, you, you, you basically, you got to leave. And uh, I remember going back one day and a, p- a professor saying to me, if you're ever going to graduate from here, you almost have to make straight A's to get out of here. 
And I thought, Lord, you have got your work cut out for you now. But a friend of me, the friend that played for that basketball team, Crossfire, he still runs the team, and I would love to get him up here one time, get the team up here. He gave me a Bible, and he said, Derek, just start trying to read one piece of Scripture per day, one per day, one per day. And I said, okay. But the first time I read it, was a new, I started in the Old Testament, and I started Genesis. And I called, I said, Randy, man, this Bible thing, he said, Derek, I already knew you were going to call me, starting the New Testament, started Matthew. And I was like... And so that, that's where I started at. But I want you to know that as I started reading, line by line, the phone stopped ringing, the interruptions stopped, and slowly but surely after one semester I had A's, the next semester I had A's, the next semester after that A's, and to the point where when it was all said and done, I graduated and I had, I had finished completely. I think I had, I had one B, but I had finished, made all A's and B's except for one. And since then, with my master's degree and currently working on my doctorate, I've never made anything other than an A. So, uh, yeah, so. I, <laughs> but it was through that testimony that I, I, I got saved. It was through that testimony that I was able to minister through, in another way, way through, um, through using a basketball to tell people just how good God has been to me. And so as, I, uh, as time progressed, uh, I got a job at a, a local college. I became a basketball coach. I was a basketball coach for a long time. And um, at, at that point in time, I, I was mad. At, I was angry at the institution because I wanted to be, I wanted to coach and I wanted to coach only. I wanted to coach and I wanted to coach only. But they were like, no, you're going to have to do this enrollment stuff. You're going to have to do this advising stuff. You can coach on the side. On the side. But everyone that's ever coached knows there's no part-time coach. When you're dealing with kids, there's no part-time. There's nothing part-time. So I would coach, and then I, and I'd do my work. I'd be an advisor. I'd be a dean. I would be an enrollment coordinator. I'd be, you know, just several jobs. That just, and I was still mad at the college, just mad, angry. And uh, it just didn't come. I, I didn't see God's plan. God, I just want to coach. So years later, I always wanted to be a Division I coach. Years later, I, I went to uh, – I got an opportunity to be a Division I basketball coach, assistant coach. And uh, I moved to Buffalo, New York. Ooh, ooh, it's right, cold. <laughs> I moved to Buffalo, New York, and uh, at that time I was, I was married, and uh, my uh, family stayed in Florida, and I moved to New York. And I know you're saying that's already bad, I know. Uh, and uh, my kids would fly up and, uh, every weekend, and, or I would fly back. And, uh, but that's what I wanted to do. Now, God probably says, Derek, that's what you wanted to do. I didn't tell you. I let you do what you wanted to do, and you went to Buffalo. So be it. But I did go. About two and a half years later, and this is where the testimony starts to come full circle. About two and a half years later, I get a, uh, we get a phone call. You've all been fired. You've all been fired. And so we, as people on the ESPN ticker saw it before our coach's wives even saw it because, you know, ESPN moves fast. He, f he fired us. They pushed a button. You've been fired, and here we got a bunch of kids inundating the uh, gymnasium trying to figure out what's going on. We've been fired. So we get fired. Then it dawned on me, church, I don't have a car because the college gave us a car, me a car. I don't have car insurance. I'm not sure if I have a home. Uh, I'm not sure what I have. All I know is I have to go. And I don't know if they have that picture that 
uh, uh, I'm going to show you a picture. You see that picture? And, and I'm not sure what I had. I just know it was time for me to go. So I understand that uh, uh, I got back to Tampa, Florida, and when I got back to Florida, I didn't have a wife either. So I know that I've been told that women sometimes you create a list about the man you want. You got to have good credit. You got to blah, 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 blah. But let me say this. I was homeless, I was jobless, and I was wifeless, and at the time I was probably on no woman's list. <laughs> and so I remember that picture that you just, I took that picture. And when I took that picture, you know, friends have a way of telling you something, your best friends, without knowing, you know, they say it and they don't care how it feels. Uh, a friend of mine said, uh, I told him what I was doing. I said, man, I've moved out, but I can't let my mom know. So he said, well, what are you doing? I said, I finally got my job back, my old job back. He said, well, what are you doing? I said, I stay at the school, and I work, and when everyone leaves, when, at the end of the day, I leave. And when everyone leaves, I come back at night, and I sleep in the gym. And uh, he said, what? I said, I come back, I sleep in the gym. I said, I can't let my mom know this situation. And uh, I said, I get up in the morning before everyone gets there. I take a shower. And uh, I look like I've just been working out, having a normal day. And as only a friend could say, he says, you're homeless. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, I didn't know I was homeless. I didn't even put it in that context. But I was homeless, just got a job just got me a car and didn't realize I was homeless. People, men, sons, daughters, moms are some powerful individuals. I don't know how they know, but they have a sixth sense about knowing certain things and that God's given them that they just know. My mom sat down. She said, what's wrong? I said, mama. She said, don't you lie to me. I'm done. I said, I said, mom, I'm sleeping at the college. She said, what? I said, I'm sleeping at the college. She said, why don't you come home? As a 40-year-old man, nobody wants to come home. We've been, we've been conditioned to believe that once you get a certain age, it's time to get out and get on your own. And, I, and I, do believe, I do believe in that somewhat, but I just realized in the world in which we live in right now, when you tell them to get out, boy, when you tell them to get out, Satan's waiting for them. Satan's waiting for them. So when you saw that picture there, that was me moving into an empty room with no bed, I was sleeping on the floor, uh, zero. I had nothing. And uh, I didn't even have a pillow. I, made, I, put, I found a pillowcase and put some clothes in it, and I slept on the floor. But I believe I, in my own heart of hearts, I didn't realize that God said, Derek, I've forgiven you. All you had to do was ask. I didn't realize that, you know, if I just, uh, just asked, just held on, I believe that that pun was punishment for something that I had done previously. So I was punishing myself. God doesn't punish me, but I was punishing myself for something I may have done in the past. And so as time went on, I got a job. And I, told, I remember telling my daughter one day, I said, uh, your dad is lonely. She said, well, dad, go out on a date. And uh, I went out. I, 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 my, one of my players called me. He said, coach, I want you to go out with my, my cousin. I said, your cousin? I, you don't have anything else to do. All you do is stay here. That's, that's what he told me. All you do is coach. 
as time permitted, he said something that really got my, got my attention. He said, I told my family that if something ever happened to me, I would want you to assume the role of my father. I said, you think that of me? He said, yes, I do. And when he said that, that immediately let me know he thought me, of me in a different light. So I made the phone call. I called this young lady. That's my bride that's sitting here, right here, Stephanie. And, and we went back and forth for some phone calls. After that, uh, about six or eight months, you know, we, uh, uh, a little while longer, we got married. And uh, I, give, I tell this story, and I told pastors the story. This is a true story. And uh, the night before we got married, we were sitting in a ho- uh, having dinner. And I said, honey, I just want to pray with you before I leave and, until I see you tomorrow. So I grabbed her by her hand, and we went outside. And we prayed. And as we prayed, I was a little fearful, you know, I'm praying with my wife, you know, and I said goodnight, and we went our separate ways. The next day, we, we, got, we were married, and later that night, we, we started to talk as the, the, night, the night commenced, and I said, honey, I'm, I got to tell you something. Uh, when, we were, when I was praying with you, and I was holding your hand like this here, there was a light, and she said, you saw it too? I said, there was a light that came between us. And she said, I saw it too, but I was too afraid to tell you. I said, I saw it too. And I definitely wasn't going to tell you until you said I do. Because <laughs> but from that point in time, God, has, everything in my life has completely changed. Just after that, I got a call from Dr. Camping, who used to be the former president. He said, you want to come to Ranger, Texas? You, this coaching thing isn't working out for you too well. You're not winning anymore. It's time for you to leave. Mind you, I told Dr. Campion twice I wouldn't come in, but I had been out here. So I told my wife, I said, honey, Dr. Campion's asked, would we come to Ranger, Texas? And he said, we, we can. And uh, we, we get out to, uh, I said, you need to visit Ranger, Texas. It's a little bit different, but you need to visit. <laughs> so true to form, we get to Ranger, Texas. Me, Stephanie, and Stefan here. And uh, we get here, and I said, I'm going to give him the whole Ranger, the Ranger, the whole Texas experience. We're going to Mary's. <laughs> we go to Mary's, and True to Farm Texas was ready for us. Three Cowboys plus came out. They had chaps. They had the whole, someone had to put, dress them up to know we were coming. This was our expression as they walked through the door. Those were the nicest people we've ever met. Those were the nicest people we ever met. And uh, we moved here, and since, you know, there's some things that I'll tell you along the way in just a second, but, and, and everything else has been a blessing. As it would have it that uh, about a year ago, I got another phone call. And prior to that phone call, you know, I told you about my dad who left us. It was a time uh, when I was uh, in education where me and uh, one of my coworkers, we went to, Cracker Barrel. And we went to Cracker Barrel, and as we were sitting in Cracker Barrel, I see this man, and I said, this man doesn't know who I am. So I'm looking at him, and I'm trying to give him his dignity, and I said, but this man doesn't know who I am. We're in Cracker Barrel. A lady said something about how I looked and how tall I was. And this man didn't know who I was. As you could guess, that man was my father. My father didn't know who I was. 
He hadn't seen me since I was, and here I am. After that, it, it, that was tough. I couldn't tell the person I was with. That was my dad. I didn't say anything. I wanted him to keep his dignity. I got in the car. I left. It hurt. Years later, yeah, I get a phone call. It was just last year. Your dad's dying. You need to come see him. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord, what are you going to do with me right now? And uh, I said, I'll be there. Me and talk it over with my wife. We go see my dad. And this was an opportunity, whether I realized it or not, to say, Father, I love you. God, I'm thankful for him because he has given me life. You have done everything and then some for me. Whatever my dad, earthly father hasn't been, my heavenly father has done above and beyond. And I told him that. I said, Dad, whether you want to know it or not, I love you. I said, look at me. I'm six foot eight. I don't know how that happened. I'm six foot eight. Uh, I'm doing well. I I'm fine. But all I want you to know is that I love you. And uh, he said that. I said that to him, and I could see tears come, tears come out of his eyes. And I, I just want you to know that with all the things that I went through, my favorite, one of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in the New English translation, it says, no trial that I face has not been faced by others. And God is faithful. He is faithful. He would not allow me to be tried beyond what I can bear. But in that trial, he will provide a way out so that I won't have to endure it. He's always provided a way out for me. I might not have always taken it, but he's always provided a way out so I didn't have to endure it. Uh, to, to add to it, when my father finally passed, they called me and they said, uh, Derek, we need you to, uh, to help out with the funeral expenses. I'm thinking, oh my God, Lord. Oh. And I said, Stephanie, they want me to help out. And uh, I, I, I'm not perfect, you all. So I'm like, don't give me all the bill at once. Can you just break it down up for me a little bit? But I paid it. I paid it. I had to do what I felt in my heart, what I believe God wanted me to do as being right. Uh, I, had to, I had to give my trust. My trust was in God. It wasn't in my father. And I, but I had to honor my mother and my father, as it says in the scripture. And so it was my job to honor my father. Uh, and I paid for it. I paid for it. I went and stood by his casket. I went and stood by his side, even though he was never by my side. Really? Because no matter how things went, my father in heaven never abandoned me. He never abandoned me. He stood, uh, he stood with me. And so I say this to say this to you. There have been, some many, there have been a lot of things that have happened throughout my life. That opportunity when I was angry about not working uh, at the college and not being a full-time basketball coach, God, I didn't see God working it out because all those other experiences, that dean, the enrollment, the other things, they, they prepared me for this. I had no earthly idea that they were preparing me. God was preparing me for something else. I didn't see it. I would have messed it up. That's what men sometimes do. We mess things up. God, I'm glad you didn't listen to me. I'm glad you steered me away. And he probably said, you need to leave Tampa, Florida anyway, because it's just a mess there. Let me just get you away from mess and just get you to some good old people that just love you right here in Ranger, Texas, right here in this area, and, 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 and that love God and give. And, and I'm so grateful. I'm going to close and tell you this. We, uh, 
my wife and I, we lived across the street from a lady for about a year plus. And when we got ready to move, there was a cargo thing that came up to, to pack your stuff up in, and, and it, it was loaded, and we were loading it up. And she came across the street. She said, you know what? You've, you're getting ready to leave? I said, yes, ma'am, we are. She said, well, you've been here, here for over a year, and I have yet to meet you. I said, ma'am, well, we're leaving tomorrow. And uh, she said, well, I'm sorry I didn't get to meet you. Let me tell you, we picked, packed all our stuff up, moved to West Texas, moved to Texas, to Stephenville. Within a couple of minutes, the man from across the street came, said, can I get you some tea? The lady from next door came, said, I'll, I'll go get you something if you need it. The other gentleman said, I'll help you unload. I said, sir, you're about 80 plus years old. I know you're in good shape, but I don't need you to help us move right now. I don't need that on my heart right now. But isn't it a blessing how God can take you from one place, put you somewhere else, and it has nothing to do with my situation, nothing to do with my circumstances. I've learned the fact that my color of my skin has nothing to do. Everybody, whether black, white, green, or gray, has issues. It's for me to deal with it. It's for me to put forth my effort to get past whatever hurdles or barriers that I have. And I'm so grateful to God that I have this opportunity to speak to you. I'm so grateful to God that the church came here. We were supposed to be fishers of, of men, that the church came here. And like any good fisherman, sometimes... You just have to change your spot, your hole every now and then. Everybody, good fisherman's got that fishing hole. All you did, Woodbridge, was just change your hole for a while to go get some more fish. That's it. And if, if, if I'm truthful, I heard you say you got a few more fish. And now you're going back home. All right? So I'm so happy that you came here for a little while because these kids needed you. We needed prayer on this campus, and we're grateful. Pastor, thank you. Woodbridge, thank you so much. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. Listen, I know that I know that uh, part of that hit you somewhere because his father left, but God was faithful. He met the Lord. Later, in college, began to serve, got on a travel basketball team that was, was doing ministry, and uh, really at that point didn't know a lot about the Lord, right? And some of you are, are, are in that situation. You say, you know what, I, my, my life to this point has been a real show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where. Maybe, maybe you're the coach in somebody else's life. Maybe you're the one who influenced. Maybe you're the one encouraging somebody to read their word. Or maybe you're the one being encouraged to read uh, your word. But through, uh, through not having dad at home, God was still faithful. Struggling in school, God was still faithful. Fired, God was still faithful. Wife left, God was still faithful. And, and he sees the fruition of all of these things. All of these things leading to this point. But you know what? You say, oh, well, he's got it made now, right? He's president of college doing all these things. You know what? God was faithful the whole time. He had it made the whole time. And listen, you may be in a trial today, but I need you to understand that God is faithful. And here's, here's what I'll say to you. Uh, you're going to get to the other side of this trial, one way or the other, some point or another. You're going to get to the other side of this trial. You can fret through it or you can praise through it. 
but God is still faithful. And all of the things that he hated having to do are the very things that they were looking for in somebody who would be the president of this college. It is the very thing that he hated that he had to go through that qualified him for the position that he is in. Church, come on. It is the very thing that you hate that you have had to go through that you have to speak into somebody's life. It is the very thing that you have hated that you have gone through that will push you to the Father. It is the very wolf that chased you that pushed you to the shepherd. Right? So maybe you need to hear that this morning. It was not for nothing. That should be the most satisfying thing that I can say. All the things that you've had to go through it was not for nothing. This is the joy that we have as a Christian. It's, it's not for nothing. You have a purpose. God says in Ephesians 2.10 that you are his masterpiece created in advance for good works that he has prepared ahead of time for you to do. You were no mistake. Your life has been no mistake. And the Lord has brought you to this place so that you can serve Him, so that you can honor Him, so that you can bring glory to the Father. And it will be for His glory, and it will also, thank God, be for your good. So if you're in this place, I know that you need to hear this. God has a plan for you. God wants you to follow Him through homelessness, through divorce, through not having dad at home, through whatever trial you may be in, God has a plan for you. The Father loves you, He wants you, and He has not abandoned you. No temptation has seized you except for what is common to man. And if it is too much, He will provide a way out. He's never left you hanging and He won't leave you hanging now. I'm going to pray, and I, would, I, just want, I just want you guys to pray with me. Um, if you are in a spot that it feels like you cannot get out of, you might be miserable at work. You might be miserable in your own skin. I'm telling you, some of my lowest points in life has been when my faith was in question. Wherever that is, can I just pray over you real quick? You can open your eyes and look at me. You can bow your head and pray. You guys know that you always have that available. You can close your eyes. You can go meet. Go to your favorite place, mountain, beach, lake house, closet. I don't care. In your mind. Go there in your mind and sit right at the feet of Jesus and begin to talk to him about these things. But I want you to go there now, and I want to pray for you. Lord, I know that there are souls in this place today. I know that there are spirits in this place today that are far from you and they feel like they cannot get closer. There are addictions that we hide that only you know about, which is why we don't want to go to you because we're embarrassed. Lord, there are secrets that we're afraid that you're going to expose. God, there are things that we know that you want us to do and it's not part of our plan. 
Even somebody watching online, God fills this heavily. Lord, I want you to meet with those people today. Church, I'm begging you, just meet with the Lord. Just hear him out. Just hear him out. 1 John 1, 9, the Lord says, He is faithful and just. He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and clean us from all unrighteousness. You're not so broke. You're not so homeless. You are not so pathetic. You are not so far. You are not so full of sin. You are not so perverse. You are not so deep that the Father will not pull you out. If you think that, you have no understanding of what He did on the cross. His perfect life paid for your worst sin. And if you don't think so, you are holding the weight of your sin higher than the value of God's Son. Church, there is forgiveness. He says, confess your sins, and He is faithful to forgive us our sins. Church, look at me. When service is over in just a second, we have a prayer team. Prayer team, if you'd stand up and go ahead and make your way to the front. We have a prayer team who is here, and they are well instructed. Uh, they are not here to gossip. They are here for you. In fact, if you want to hear some gossip, they'll probably tell you something wild about the moan selves. And there's some humdingers up here. They're here to pray for you. Everybody's going to leave. It's just going to be... It's just going to be right here in the front row. Uh, they want to pray for you. Maybe you say, okay, no, it's, it's somebody else. I have somebody. All we're asking is that you stop doing life alone. You hear this testimony, and you hear the church coming in and speaking, whether it be a student, a teacher, a family member, a mother, or now, thank God, a wife who comes in and speaks. You need to not be isolated the Father has forgiveness that is waiting for you. All you have to do is accept it. And we want you to do that today. So we have a prayer team that's going to be here. You have a connection card that you were handed as you walked in, and we want you to fill that out. The church would love to pray for you, pray with you, uh, whatever it takes. We want to walk with you through whatever season of your life that you are in. But, man, this is just another reminder that God knows your story. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. It's been a while since you've heard from God. We can help with that. We want you... Uh, we want you to come up and meet with the Father. So I'm going to give this over to the worship team. They're going to play one more song. During that song or when service is over, we want you to come uh, and pray with us. Uh, but either way, man, would you play the role in your story and in somebody else's story? See, it's neat to get to be the part of that story where you're the one that said, hey, I want you to start reading the Scripture. You're flunking out of school. I want you to start reading Scripture. It's neat to get to be that part of a story. And God has that for you. You will be that for somebody. In fact, let me tell you this. 
If you are in here today, let me tell you why you're not here. Because of me. There are very few people in this place today that I personally invited. Very few. Somebody else did that. And you will be that for somebody else. Let me tell you, the most important person in here to you, well, it's the Lord. Just bear with me before you get all super religious on me. Uh, the most important in this place to you today is not me. It is one of you. You are the most important person in the room to somebody today. You're the one who brought them. You're the one who will check up on them. There are many of you who leave today, and I don't even know your name, but somebody in here does. You are the most important person in the room to that somebody today. God is already using you. So there's everything to gain and nothing to lose. I'm asking you, man, just come to the Lord and lay it bare. Please stand and worship with us.